Ahoy hoy! Welcome back, Character Arc listeners. I am Ted Hong. And I'm Richard Bertelson. And today, we are going to be talking about something new, right? Something, what are those? Not the old ones. The new mutants? The new mutants. What's the last thing you remember, Danny? He said we had to run. The reason you survived is because you're a very uncommon girl. As Ted said when the movie started, I liked the old ones. <laughs> can we, uh, instead of playing whatever sound bite for this, can we just play the 90s X-Men music? <laughs> well, Ted, how'd you like this movie? I I didn't hate it. Yeah, um, it's fine. It, by, yeah, by most standards it it's, is it's fine it's it's not bad it teases you with the concept that it could be scary it could be edgy it could be psychological but ultimately it decides not to be any of those things yeah, and which it's is fine unfortunate. it's yeah. just it I, is <laughs> you say it's fine I, th- I think it's a little unfortunate i think it's no i yeah. i mean i mean the movie's fine. oh it's yeah. serviceable no, no right. i think it's bad that it didn't go that way. I think there's a rated R cut of this movie. One of the reasons, like... Yeah, they sh- there that, should have. That's probably better than what we saw. Yeah, because there's something that we caught during the, like, the sort of footage that they showed of the facilities. That was the same footage used in Logan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a little disappointing considering all of what it teases. You know, the sort of... The severity of these these nightmares coming to haunt them. Right, and you, you almost, it should, the movie should make you more uncomfortable than it does. Most of those, yeah, I think so. It's not, like, the movie looks fine, but it's never really scary or disturbing, but the move, but it, the things that are happening to the characters are scary and disturbing, yeah. so we should be feeling that. You know what just occurred to me? What? The structure of this film is not terribly unlike scary stories to tell in the dark. <laughs> That's true, and actually, I was going to say, Except before that we... movie also is not rated R. But it's also scarier it's than this movie. It's a little scarier, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was going to say, before we get a little bit too much into the characters, I wanted to mm-hmm. mention something about the story structure. Um, and I think you, I don't know if you entirely disagree with me, but the idea of like, I think putting it into more of a mystery kind of approach would have serviced the movie a little bit better. Where I had argued that that uh, the, the opening sequence of her running from the tornado, a.k.a. Demon Bear, we shouldn't have opened on that. I think we should have opened up her waking up and even having like little when she's asked, like, what do you remember? And having and I know flashbacks are kind of a thing, but that technically is a I, don't know. I, I think having like little snippets and having her try to piece things together. Because I think having not not having all the pieces together and then going through the movie and I then think, also trying to figure out why all these nightmares are coming back to haunt them. I think that is what the movie is. Mm. It just also no, it includes is. the first scene, which I agree adds nothing to the movie. Yeah. And like, because it's like that is the structure of the movie is that we don't know really what happened to her or what happened to anyone. We don't really know the nature of this hospital or whatever. It's just, it also includes that prologue scene, which I agree with you is just unnecessary. I don't think that fundamentally changes the structure of the movie. I just think that it might sharpen that that's the movie structure, but it doesn't change it. Well, of course, you're referring to when she comes in and Dr. Reyes tells her, you were running from a tornado. tornado. And then then, later in the film, uh, Dr. Reyes tells her, we both know it's not a tornado. (laughs) (laughs) And then she herself... uh, I just forgot her name. Moonstar. Star, yeah. yeah. I realize that that can be 
assumed as like, oh, that's just her admitting that she was lying. But that's not how the scene plays. That's not what she says. She says, my dad told me it was a tornado. And then Dr. Ray says, we both know it wasn't a tornado. But her dad did not tell her it was a tornado. In fact, no. (laughs) Dr. Ray has told her it was a tornado. There's a couple times in the movie when the movie is inconsistent Inconsistent, with its own characters and logic. Like uh, Cannonball. You had also yes. brought this up. Yes, he says, "I belong here." Not but one scene later, he's like, "I want to get out of here. I don't deserve. I don't need to. I don't. Deserve, I shouldn't be here." Yeah, it's like what you literally just just said in the other scene. Yeah, like it's very odd. You can have that character growth where he decides over time. Like he realizes he's not as worthless as he feels in the earlier scene, and then later realizes, "No, I deserve to get out of here." That cannot happen with one single cut, though, without any reason for him to have grown. Yeah. See, and I think that's one thing that the movie could have been strengthened if it had a very central theme motif. Because it all seems like everyone's uh, struggling with survivor's guilt, right? They've all Mm -hmm. killed someone that they loved. And that's all a unifying aspect among all the characters. Ileana didn't. Yeah. Well, uh, no, no, she absolutely did not. However... She's the odd one. She's the exception to the rule. <laughs> and I mean, I agree yeah. with you. There should be there should be an interconnecting thread in that the movie the movie tries to claim there is at the end when you know fucking Danny gives her voiceover even though she's never done voiceover before in the movie and that's so fucking bullshit. Right. Voiceover shouldn't just come out of nowhere at the end because you don't know how to wrap up your story. Right. So therefore, she says, "Oh, well, we all it's whether you feed the fear or the hope or whatever the fuck she said." I don't. Know, I forgot already. The I I understand that that that's the theme. <laughs> That they're trying to go with, right? But that's not what we see but in the movie. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's what she tells us at the end. It's it's literally the equivalent of a character like sitting you sitting down in front of the audience and being like, "Okay, so the movie didn't have a purpose, so I'm going to tell you this is what we wanted the purpose to be." Right. Um. So now you can feel good about it, but yeah. that doesn't work. That doesn't make you feel the purpose. The, the characters have to walk us through mm-hmm. those emotions. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's where if Ileana was a uh, like the foil in this aspect. That would be fine. She doesn't exactly have. She doesn't share the same ghost as everyone else mm. does. And this Maybe would, that's a tool you use to help the other characters grow. Is that Ileana is someone who, who has already wrestled with the darkness in her past, yeah. and knows that you shouldn't be imprisoned by it. Which I guess is the grander metaphor here: is that they're all imprisoned by their past. Yeah, and Ileana is only in that she, you know, she fears it, but she obviously stands up to it. And so maybe that's something that helps the other characters grow. Could have. But yeah, I think, and it's from that lack of, well, okay, so it's not a lack of it, but it's a weaker theme that they went with that kind of only made the movie okay. Other than some some of those little minor inconsistencies we mentioned, like the structure of the movie's fine. The movie plays out like the characters make enough sense they interplay well enough. The threat is strong enough. The plot progresses quick enough. It's like everything is fine. But you just keep seeing, though, like when they go in the little horror vignettes, when I say it's structured like serious stories is telling the dark, it's because we go to one character and they see something that they're super afraid of. And that moment is always very short and doesn't... It like vaguely hints at their past, but it doesn't really reveal doesn't, anything about no, their character. That's my problem. Yeah. See, this is where I was trying to say, if we had done something where we don't talk about it prior to it. Yes. Uh, wait, let me bring up one point. <laughs> I agree. No, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one point being, why is it... I mean, it seems like such a trope 
for movies for when a new character comes in to be like, let's talk about the first time we exhibited our mutant right. powers. Is this every time? This is something that is being said because the screenwriter needed the audience to know, not because the characters would be talking about this. Because right they now. would not. Yeah. I mean, she's a new character, but the other characters have been there for she's some indefinite She's not in the room period. when they start talking about it. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's not even the she's, reason they're doing it. Yeah. Exactly. So why are we... It's, 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 it's as if they've never <laughs> talked about it before, despite being there for some time. Now that you've brought this up, that scene doesn't make any fucking sense. This is a hospital with one doctor and four students, five students? Five patients. And... Patients? Yeah. And so the, in that scene, four of them are in this little group meeting, and the new one just wanders, wanders in. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's only f- six people in this building, this huge-ass building. They didn't get her and be like, no. hey, this is what we do here. Yeah. Also, she wandered around this huge building and was like, I guess I'll go to the meeting that's yeah. in this room now. <laughs> oh, there are people talking in this room? I guess I'll go over here. Uh, but on top of that, like, I mean, I don't know if this was... Well, it's it's even stupid to believe for the patients to think that Dr. Reyes was asleep and right. this is our time to go into this attic and not be watched. Just it I mean, given the facility, you would imagine she has the power to verbally lock down rooms, right? Right. To not assume that she has this overarching... She, she put a bubble over the facility right. and barriers in the doors, but she didn't bug the attic. Yeah. Right, right. Um, the movie skates by on movie logic in a way of like, in a way that's almost too comic booky. Obviously, it's inspired yeah. by comic yeah. books, but yeah. it, it borrows that very like, well, we're just going to move the plot along. It's not going to be in your face, not make sense, because we're just going to kind of skirt around it. Yeah. So it's it's acceptable. Like it doesn't it doesn't hurt your brain while you're watching it, but by any amount of like dissection, lots of the plot just kind of falls starts to unravel. Yeah. yeah. So this is the part, this would be a change for me. And having that sort of mystery, right? You're, you're posed with a lot of questions. You want to understand these characters more. And so these vignettes of their, their past coming through, I think we should see it and we should be like, what the fuck is this? But not have like, the reason why is because I burned my girlfriend. Right. right. Like we're, bur- we're uh, constantly Berto, being told right? what happened in their past. Yeah. And we- then we see it. Well, Why we, don't we just see it first and then have... We don't see it. That's actually where I'll jump into what you're saying. Is that well, like, in, like, okay, we have that little scene in the cave where... The fuck is Kentucky? Kentucky. I'm going to call him Kentucky. Call him Kentucky. Um, <laughs> where he sees Vanderbilt. the mine and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And it's like... We don't know why... Like We know it's vaguely related to his past. Slightly haunting imagery. All that's fine. But it's like... Then later he just says, Oh, I killed my dad. Why not... Keep going back to those haunting flashbacks yep. and show us kill his him yeah. killing his dad. Yeah, that way it hits us much stronger. Sh- show us these haunting images where like he has a conversation with his dad, and it's later that you reveal like you play part of the scene where like his dad's trying to comfort him as he's hyperventilating on yeah. the cave. He's losing control. That way you feel that connection between him and his dad. Right. Where he's like, oh, his dad's very supportive and kind, and like he's doing this, and then you real you reveal later that the end of that scene is him killing his dad. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, it's robbed of all emotional power because the characters just sit down next to each other and say, I killed so-and-so, because that's right. what the history of their all are. Right. Well, I was approaching it in the sense of like this sort of, okay, so for that, for him, Kentucky, that would be very applicable to him. So I was going under, uh, rather, for Berto, for him, you do see, if we had been introduced to this this nightmare where the burnt girlfriend, Mariella, like comes up and like messes with him. Mm-hmm. And we see that, and we, I don't, well. 
We don't see the, him burn her, though. Yeah, I'm saying like the paranormal type of things, these mm-hmm. nightmares. Yeah. If we, these, this is how we were introduced to these characters past, right? Yeah, no, I agree. That's what I mean. I agree. And I, then we continue on with like what you were just uh, suggesting. You keep Kentucky. teasing it out. Yes, exactly. I think like you show the first time you get the hint of Berto's history is that, yeah, he just sees that burned monster thing Mm -hmm. the person you know but you don't know what it is exactly it just haunts him in one scene and then later in another scene and then the reveal comes when he sees her again but maybe he's in bed and he has a flashback of him burning her yeah like you know yeah Yeah. like horror and suspense is about teasing something out and and, drawing it out and pulling and then revealing why it's why it is yeah so like in the case for uh for Maisie's character rain what was her past her past was the... Uh, oh, that's right. The, the, the church thing. Yeah, yeah. I just forgot she the position. Yeah. But like, okay, so the branding instrument, mm. like if she had seen that, like in a glimpse and she turned back and it wasn't there, mm. that would have been something, again, teasing this out, right? And then we also can kind of put two and two together when we see that little uh, on her body where mm-hmm. she had been branded. Uh, we can put two and two together, allowing us to kind of fill in the blanks. I'm loath to say this, but the movie's too short. It didn't feel too short watching it. It felt no, it felt normal length. Yeah, but it is very short. It's it's eighty six minutes, not including credits. And it's like honestly, this is one of the very rare occasions where I'd be like, add twenty minutes, add some suspense to the film. What and Richard saying this? Because the problem with I think they they over edited. I think they came in and they're like, let's just plow through this because someone wasn't confident that it was going to be interesting for two hours, maybe. And I don't know, maybe they're right. I don't know what the other footage is, if they cut it down, if they did. Right. I know it's been edited, re-edited. We know there's reshoots and stuff, but I don't know what the nature of that is. Right. Maybe that footage is really bad. Maybe it's to cut the rating down to a more family-friendly... And that's where I was going to say... I'd like to add on that when you're done. I just think that this movie could benefit from... One of the reasons why I don't like longer movies is because they waste time. But suspense in its very nature requires wasted time that yeah it's like it requires slowness and so this movie one of the things that makes it even though we're criticizing a lot one of the things that makes it fine is that it keeps a healthy pace and it moves good that's cool but it's not a comedy it's not an action movie right it's supposed to be a horror suspense and therefore that healthy pace hurts it from making you feel anything yeah i mean it's a double-edged sword. It was good, but it didn't... For what was intended, it weakened right. it. Because, yeah, as you said, it wasn't a comedy. It also wasn't a very adventurous kind of movie. They didn't yeah, kind right. of go to different places. We're all trying to unravel things. So with that being said, they should pull out the time. Um, and just to be clear, too, it wouldn't have to be longer. You, like, you can make a suspense movie 90 minutes. You, they just, then you'd have to try to pick and choose what, you, what else what you, you don't include. Right, right, right. Um, but, yeah. But this movie in particular, everything seemed fine if they just tease it up longer yeah right and i think part of how this came to be was because it was targeted i wouldn't say targeted i mean we both noted that the the footage on the tv that Ilyana was watching mm-hmm. it was buffy the vampire slayer yes right and i think in it's that movie form, references buffy the vampire slayer by the ki- by the student or the patients watching that show twice in the movie yeah. right yeah there were two scenes where she was watching it uh the one where it had Willow and oh, I just forgot the other character's name. But yeah, I, I think part of it is like, okay, so it, it's very, very reminiscent of that type of TV genre where it's like a TV horror, right. TV teen horror. It's horror. Feel. Right. What, what they end up giving us is a teen movie 
with a quote unquote like horror aesthetic, yeah, as opposed to being horror. Yeah, it just it didn't quite hit the mark. It wasn't as scary as it could have been. It wasn't as deep as it could have been. I mean, there were there was potential it, for all of these characters to have for us to have this meaningful. Yeah. But but sticking out what you yeah. just said, its drama never li- never elevates beyond teen soap opera. Right. Like that's how this even it's some not, of the dialogue. It's not crazy melodramatic, but it's also pretty shallow. Yeah. And it's just like Yeah, I guess that's yeah. it. It has the depth of a teen show. It has the yeah. depth of, you know, Riverdale or something like that. Oh, I wouldn't Riverdale's pretty awful. <laughs> um, but here's, here's, here's I don't the mean thing. the. It's also I'm also just mainly focusing in on the scenes where the where the teens are talking to each other about right. things that aren't like the the superhero part. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that the whole movie feels like that. It's that any any interpersonal drama that's being built between them is kind of that. Yeah, it's not like our expectations were high for this type of movie. We knew what we were getting mm-hmm. into, but I think it's the idea of like knowing the the intellectual property and the content and the potential for something that could be better that's that could be adapted to a more appropriate cinematic viewing and i i think you're correct but yeah. i would also just add in i don't think you necessarily need to go outside the film itself cuz i think the film itself shows you what it maybe wants to be or well, could be well what i'm saying is cuz you know when you hear mutants and it's marvel you yeah. understand that the, there's already an um, uh what is it an expectation mm mm-hmm. It's PG-13. It's going to be action-y. There's going to be some fantastical elements, right? But even through that, you could still have it through the lens of this sort of psychological horror, right? And Which a, I, it seemed like that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and the, yeah. And either. Think. Yeah. It, it does feel like a movie that's at odds with itself. It feels like. Yeah. It feels like there were different creatives who had different ideas of what this was going to be. Mm-hmm. Because. If you just wanted it to be a teen romp, you don't have some of the imagery that's in it. And if you just wanted it, if you wanted it to be a horror film, you don't rush through it like that. I think that, I think at some point, either something was written and it was directed with a different mind, or something was made and a producer said, no, this isn't what we're going to release, or something in that line. Some, somebody decided what you were making is different now, I right. feel like, by mm-hmm. watching this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, but nevertheless, it was it was still fun, like visuals, the CGI for all the things. It was really nice. The like imagery. I do like the imagery itself. Like the yeah. demon bear was pretty cool. Um. Oh, the demon bear! <laughs> I even said this to Richard. I was like, if if we could ever have bears as pets, I would totally want one. A demon They're bear. Just, I mean, a demon <laughs> bear. Yeah, why not? They look super cuddly. <laughs> I'm not saying that obviously against all. Uh, I would force anything. I do. That think sounds really that- weird. you'll have to cut that out (laughs) coming off of something you said a little while ago but i i do think this is a great opportunity to look at the x-men world from a different i mean you know hence it being written in the first place Mm -hmm. as a graphic novel and stuff but i think that that is kind of a shame it's it doesn't do it bad like again it's the movie's fine it doesn't do it terribly it's it's okay it's okay as as a it's a marvel release it's just, it's such an interesting look. It's such a lower level look at this universe. Yeah. Almost like the way the Netflix shows are a lower level look. That they, they're not world ending disasters. They're just, here's a couple people dealing with something that's in front of them right now. Mm-hmm. And that can be a really cool way to look at 
superheroes. It does, and I'm not advocating for all superhero things to be that way. But we have Avengers, so giving yeah. us something like this is cool. Well, it's cool. Yeah. So let me add to that. So let's take DC for a second. So we have Superman movies that are supposed to be like this over the top, very inspiring kind of event. Well, usually, right? Mm. I, I I don't know. With Zack Snyder's, I will say I like the Man of Steel, and it tells a different story, mm. right? But at its core, it should still be very inspirational. But then you take right. a look at Batman, and that's more nitty gritty, sort of detective, right. more psychological, right? So those, even though they belong to DC, those are separate. And they kind of exist in different worlds in terms of the struggles that they have, yeah. right? So in this case, so we have the Avengers, and you're saying this more worldly level threat, and then these guys have more of a in-their-face kind of problem. I think it's necessary to find a genre that fits the character, the, the intellectual property. And that's almost this movie's flaw, is that it was it, it's almost going mapped, on a safe side. It's mapped to any X-Men movie, mm-hmm. genre-wise, right. but it should be mapped to... The Ring or some shit, right? Like it should be mapped to, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Because like, let's take a look at Logan, right? Right. That was the first one to get an R rating in Marvel. Is that after Deadpool? Let me rewind myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it was. I'm pretty sure it was after Deadpool. I'm, I'm yeah, certain. it's after Deadpool because okay. Deadpool Two was. This is two, of course two. this may be the issue, and I I don't know this, but this may also be the issue. Yeah. Logan and Deadpool made under 20th Century Fox. Before this movie was released, 20th Century Fox was purchased by Disney. Disney yep. So even though this movie was made under Fox, it was released under Disney. And they may have factored into why it's... Why it may have, it, this may not be the movie that Fox made. Right. This right. may be the movie that Disney released. Yeah. yeah. And that's a shame because they should really lean into that. I mean, it's absurd to think that there are no mature content. That is the problem with Disney buying up everything is that... It's all like this family-friendly kind of... But it's non-family friendly. It's it's all a lie. It's, I, mean, I don't know. It's just it's the broadest brush for the biggest audience. There you it's, go. Is what it is. Yeah, that's it's, what it is. It can be a little edgy. It doesn't have to be the Little Mermaid. Yeah. But also, it can't be too edgy because then a fourteen-year-old can't go to see it on their own. It doesn't have to be. No. Yeah. Disney's ruining media yeah. for this reason. Yeah. <laughs> because that's. I could see that. I could see that Fox had an edited version of this that was rated R. Yeah. Disney buys Fox. It's about to be released. Disney says, recut it, get, make it the PG-13, and this is what they got. Yeah. Again, don't know that's what happened. Yeah, I don't know. The timeline fits well enough yeah. that you could see that, being why the movie doesn't add up the way it Support that yeah. line of thinking. Yeah, no, I agree. Any other... You know, the movie is... <laughs> Movie is full of some of the most cliche fucking. Oh yeah, we, we were just yeah. constantly <laughs> just saying the next line. Yes, because the next line was always. It was always they don't. This is where I go, you go to the teen melodrama between them. Is yeah. that like it wasn't so much that they were having conversations as that they were giving each other setups for for, for singers. These one, yeah, these singers. <laughs> no, you can't go fight it. It's magic. So am I. <laughs> I'm magic because <laughs> she was her character you, name. You can't. It's so big. I'm bigger. You're <laughs> yeah. bigger. Whatever. What, what, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it just formulaic is the word. The fact that we can just like already spit out these these lines, expecting it to happen. Right. Do you more so like on the nose? Not just, a great deal of creative thought went into right. developing the characters, and that's a good hint at the the fact that that didn't happen. That maybe maybe no version of this movie truly excels because mm-hmm. the fact that those lines exist in it, unless yeah. they were part of reshoots, tells me that the screenwriter only dug so deep right 
I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there was something else with a lot of the edits in maybe. the story. Yeah. yeah. It's possible. It's hard to um, say. It's a hard, it's a, it's a collaborative process. So give us the whatever's the opposite of the Snyder cut for this. <laughs> oh. By the opposite of the when, Snyder cut, I mean the good cut. <laughs> when that happens, we're going to have a long and. We're going to talk about, we're definitely going to talk we're about the Snyder cut. We're going to rip it apart, I swear. Which is probably not popular to hear for some people. But, but be careful what you wish for. If you're out there thinking Justice League was underwhelming, it was underwhelming. You know what might be worse? The four-hour fucking Snyder cut of it. Which, <laughs> we've, we've talked about this, and we'll just quickly mention this. <laughs> the idea that he's like, oh, yeah, I already had this, this whole thing planned out, but right. now I'm filming more right. things? No. This should be your hint. This is, you, you, everyone out there was calling for the Snyder cut as if it was a thing just sitting on a shelf somewhere. He's been reshooting the movie for the past several months. It's been given millions of extra dollars in budget. That movie wasn't. That movie didn't exist. He's yeah. making it now. <laughs> Just factor that into your consideration. But yeah, sorry, that's a different movie entirely. But yeah, um, no, yeah. But I think in the same vein, it's this is one of those times where I'm for one, I'm always kind of like, hey, who cares? Like, not who cares. I care. But do you? If there's a different version of a, like, if a movie was, if a movie could be different for the most part, it's like. Whatever they made, what they made. Yeah. Me wishing it was different, like it's. Oh yeah. We no, I'm on the same page. With we that. sometimes yeah, yeah. critically talk about changes that could be made to make a movie more effective, but we're not ever sitting here calling for like, oh, they need to remake the Last Jedi, which they shouldn't, because also it's the best of the new Star Wars films. Anyway, um, <laughs> but like, like that was a call put out on the internet, which is All ridiculous. Right. No, the movie is the movie. Just because you cannot like the movie, that's fine. Right. But it being different isn't your choice. It was made by an artist, a series of artists. They made what they made, and that's it. Yeah. Now, I know that in this case, the Snyder Cut comes up because he left the project. So I, I kind of get that. But also, I think it's good he left the project. So where I'm going while I'm on this is, whatever happened to this movie is one where I'd actually be curious. I'm not going to fucking call for it on the internet. Yeah. But I would be curious. If there's another version of this movie, I just wonder. Yeah. Because it was a two-year delay, right? Right, on several fronts. Like it was not even like we'll wait two years. Like they tried releasing it and then it got pulled back again. The latest one was because of the whole coronavirus thing, right? Delayed everything. Everything. Well, that's all I got, Ted. You got anything else? Nope, that'd be it for me. Well, in that case, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Richard Bertelson. No, I'm Ted Hong. You can find us at www.characterarc.net, at Character Arc on Facebook, at Character Arc on Instagram. Um, who knows, maybe patreon.com slash character arc either now or in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time. <laughs>